0: This morning, I wanted to start things off a little bit different than than we usually do. Uh, I want to start with a riddle. And I have to tell you, as soon as I got done with this riddle last service, um, Grant, who is uh, like 15 maybe or so, got this right away. So we're going to see if you guys can beat his time. It's going to come up on the screen. I'm going to read it to you. If you think you know it, just go ahead and shout the answer. So here's the riddle. This thing all things devours. Birds, beasts... Trees, flowers, gnaws iron, finds hard stones to meal, slays kings, ruins towns, and beats high mountains down. What am I? Oh my goodness. You guys you didn't Google it. I heard Isaac say it. Have you heard it before? Is it really? Oh, I didn't know that. I like went on Google and tried to find like this really hard riddle that deals with time. And here it is, Lord of the Rings. Unbelievable. I guess I should watch those movies. Um, <laughs> thank you, Isaac. So, you know, but, but this idea of time, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. You know, we exist in time. God works in time, but he exists outside of time. I mean, for him, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is his one day. You know, some days in my life, it seems like time just drags on. It takes forever, and I, man, I'm bored, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to fill all this time? And then there's other days where time just flies by, like this last week, having Xander. I can't believe that it's already been over a week that we brought him home. Time is just flying by. So time is this, this really strange thing, and the reality is the pace of time is the same for each one of us. And the amount of time in any given day, assuming that we live throughout that day, is the same. We're all given 86,400 seconds in a day. And we're doing one of two things with that time. We are either investing it or we are wasting it. And I'm a, a type A person. I like schedules. I like structure. I like things to flow efficiently. And I don't like to waste time. You can even ask my wife. Like, if we sit down to watch a TV show or a movie, I'm like, this is such a waste of time. Like, I could be doing something far more productive. You know, like, why are we just watching this movie? It's probably why I haven't seen Lord of the Rings and know why (laughs) it's in there. Okay? But it's just this, you know, I really like structure. And and if you were to ask me, I hope this doesn't come off boastful, but if you were to ask me how are you in, in your time management skills, I would say, well, probably pretty good because I don't like to waste it. But then I was reading this article this past week and I realized that I waste a lot of time and I don't even realize it because in this article, some researchers did some work and this is what they found, that in the average American lifetime, we will spend six months of our life sitting at stoplights, one year looking for misplaced objects. And I understand that one now that I have Xander who (laughs) likes to take everything, Um, Four years doing housework, five years waiting in line, and then six years eating. You know, that last one, six years of eating, we have to eat to stay alive, so I really don't think that one. Five years of our life are going to be spent waiting in lines, and six months of our lives are going to be spent sitting at stoplights. I'm thinking to myself, that is such a waste of time. I didn't even know that I was wasting that time. But then, you know, thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? Sitting at a stoplight or waiting in line or looking for misplaced objects, those things, they don't have to be a waste of time. We can actually use those opportunities to invest our time. But in order for us to do that, we have to be intentional. We have to be really intentional with our time, just like Jesus was. I mean, think of how intentional Jesus was. He showed up on the scene for three years, give or take. And people are still talking about him 2,000 years later. Who else can say that? That we just kind of look at three years of their life and and people are still talking about them 2,000 years later. I mean, it's because Jesus was so intentional. He didn't waste any of his time. So in honor of it being Mother's Day, I kind of want to share with you a story about a woman in my life who wasn't perfect by any means, but who was extremely intentional with her time. And that woman is, is my grandma. She was intentional with her prayers. She was intentional just with everything that she did. She loved Jesus so much that, man, she just knew, I can't waste any time. I have to be investing in other people. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I want to take a moment just to kind of speak from my heart because today is Mother's Day. And yes, we celebrate our mothers and our grandmothers and those mother-like figures in our life. But I also know that today is a hard day for some of you sitting in this room. Some of you this past year have experienced miscarriages. Some of you have experienced, um, you know, adoptions that didn't go through. Some of you have experienced the loss of your own mother or that woman in your life that was like a mother. Some of you who, who are single and just so desperately want to get married and have babies and be a mom. I, I, I know what you're feeling right now because that was where Katie and I were for so many years. You know, when Mother's Day came, it was like, yes, we celebrated with the moms, but deep down, it felt like a dagger going into our hearts because we so desired to be parents. And I know that there are some people in this room that are hurting. So please know that while we celebrate the mothers, we also mourn and grieve with those of you who are hurting. And if that's you, you know, after the service, there's prayer partners up front Please make it a point to come down and just receive prayer if, if you're hurting here today because that's what got Katie and I through so many of those Mother's Days and Father's Days because, man, it was, it was hard and it was rough and it's like, God, why, why are you making us wait even longer? We just want to love these kids so much. So if you're here today and you're hurting, please make it a point to come and receive some prayer because we want to come alongside of you and we want to just really minister to you right where you're at. So with that, I, I now want to introduce you to my grandma. Her picture's going to come up on the screen here. Uh, this is my grandma and grandpa. Her name is Doris. His name is Peter. Um, my grandma passed away a few years ago. She's now in the presence of Jesus in a much better place than we are here. Uh, my grandpa's still alive, still doing well. He's one of the strongest men that I know. He had open heart surgery in his, like, upper 80s. Um, was in World War II, uh, just one of those really rock-solid guys that doesn't complain about anything and just, you know, one of those role models. Uh, But I'd like to talk with you today about my grandma. And I have one more picture to show you because when I was flipping through uh, the photo albums over at my mom's house trying to find a picture of my grandma, I stumbled across this picture right here. And I know it's kind of a bad picture because you can't really see her, but if if you notice, she's opening a package with her fingernail. And I am convinced that every woman has some type of superhero... Um, characteristic built in them. Some of you ladies have Superman laser stare. You do one of these things? And it's like the kids know, okay, mom is serious. We need to knock it off. Otherwise some, you know, we're going to get hurt or something. Okay. So some of you moms, you have like the stare. Some of you moms, um, and I just experienced this actually a few minutes ago in the nursery, have like supersonic hearing like, you hear something, like your kid's doing something they shouldn't be doing, and you step in, and the kid's like, how did you know? And it's because you had, you know, that supersonic hearing. Some of you have eyes in the back of your head. Well, my grandma, uh, her superhuman trait was she was part Wolverine. And I'm dead serious. She had, like, a dagger on the end of her thumb because um, she just had this, this this thumbnail that could open anything. So here she is at Christmas, but I remember, you know, at our birthday parties and that kind of stuff, if we had a package that we couldn't open like, I can't open this. And the guys would be reaching for their pocket knife. Like, I can do it. And my grandma's like, fing, 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 fing. And it's, you know, like already open. She's popping zip ties and all that kind of stuff with her Wolverine dagger, right? It's like, don't mess with the grandma because she'll slice you open. So um, I saw that picture of her and I was like, I just got to share that because it just brought back those memories of, of, you know, one of those things that my grandma did that I just absolutely loved. So that's my grandma. And, uh, you know, she she was one of those really intentional people. She just, she really took the time to um, invest in others. And we're in this series called My Biggest Moment with God. And I think as believers, we would all agree that our biggest moment with God would be our salvation moment. That moment where we, by faith, put our trust, our confidence, our hope, where we surrendered our life to Jesus and just said, Jesus, you are Lord and Savior. I I just want to follow you. I've counted the cost and you are so worth following. So I give you my life. I place my faith and my trust in you, and I believe that you took my sin on the cross, that you bore my penalty, the things that I should have paid, you paid for me, and I believe that you died and that you rose three days later and that you're now seated at the right hand of God. When we place our faith in Jesus, it's at that moment that we're transferred from a spiritual death into spiritual life, from darkness into light, and I think we would all agree that that's our biggest moment with God. And I know that God is sovereign. I mean, that that's his work, you know, the work of salvation. That's all the work of God. But I also think that he He uses the prayers of his people that are in line with his will to bring peop- other people to a place where they see Jesus for who he truly is. That God delights in using the prayers of his people uh, to, to bring other individuals to a place where they see, man, Jesus, you really are who you say you are, and I'm, I want to surrender my life to you. And I believe that God used... Uh, you know, not only my grandma, other people sitting in this room, you know, my in-laws who are here today, God used them in, a, in an awesome way to bring me to the place where I am. But I, I think God really used uh, just the intentional prayers and investments uh, of my grandma uh, to bring me to a place where I really saw Jesus for who he truly is and to where I could even have a moment with God. So I want to share with you just some stories that reveal uh, my grandma's heart and just how intentional she was with those 86,400 seconds that were given to her each and every day of her life. So the first story I want to share with you actually involves this Bible. And I know Jen Peterson has a copy of it because we've talked about it before. And some of you might have a copy of this very Bible at your house. But this was a Bible that was given to me um, by my, well, it was actually given to me and my siblings by my grandma in May of 1993. It says, To Sarah, Joshua, and Zachary from Grandma and Grandpa Van. Okay, so they gave this Bible to me, and I don't remember the day that it was given to me. I just remember some, I uh, pulled this from the bookcase, and I started flipping through it. And as I'm flipping through this, you know, it's got some pretty cool pictures in there. And I even do this as an adult. If you give me a, a book with pictures, I don't read. I just look at the pictures. So back then, I was just flipping through the pictures. and I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, I don't really know what's going on. Um... But I I stumble across this picture, and it's going to come up on the screen. So as I'm flipping through, I get to the picture of Abraham and Isaac. Okay? And again, most of you, if you've been in church before, and and you know the story, you're like, oh, that's a great story. But keep in mind, I had no idea what was going on. I open this book, and I just see this old man getting ready to stab a little kid. So in my mind, what I think is... Religious people kill kids. So I remember, I remember seeing this and then just going, ah, closing it, putting it up on the bookcase, right? I mean, it was like, I don't want anything to do with that. So, you know, I kind of forgot about that, but in my memory was, was this image, it was just seared in my memory. And it's like, okay, religious people, they, they kill babies. That's scary stuff. Well, um, you know, according to God's perfect plan, a few years later, we moved from Phoenix to Prescott. And we actually move into houses directly across the street from a church. And that church, is, it's now the cornerstone building over there off roster. And, you know, so we move in, we get, you know, unpack the truck and take care of our rooms and all that kind of stuff. A couple days later, my brother and sister are like, hey, let's go over to the church and play in their playground. Okay, cool. You know, that's a lot of fun. So we start walking over there. And as we're walking up to the playground, it was just like this bolt of lightning hit me and i just get this flashback of that image in my mind and i stop i'm like zach sarah we can't go in here they're like what i'm like we're gonna get stabbed if we go in here (laughs) because i'm thinking you know okay religious people they they kill kids and and i'm a kid and we are going to get stabbed and we you know we kind of bicker for a while and they're like we're not going to get stabbed just come with us so eventually you know they won that argument i went in we played on the playground I didn't get stabbed. Here I am today, okay. But I tell you that because you know this God God's word. This was important to my grandma, and the truths that it contains they were important to her. And she didn't really care if people understood that or not. You know, she didn't really care how 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 much the truth might actually hurt. You know, because in God's word it says that we are sinners and that we are separated from God. That that kind of hurts. People don't like hearing that, that that we're sinners, but it contains the good news of Jesus, that Christ came to, to save us from our sins, and that if we put our faith and our trust in Him, you know, that we get adopted into His family, and she knew that, and she wanted us to have a copy of God's Word, so she passed this on to us now. This was almost one of those seeds that she planted that went bad, but God used it uh, to do amazing things. And what's so cool? What I love about this is that I've used this very Bible to teach some of the kids downstairs in the children's ministry. And I'm pretty sure that when my grandma gave this to me, she didn't real she didn't think like, okay, twenty something years from now, Josh is going to grow up to become a pastor and use this very Bible to teach some of the kids. I mean, it's so cool to to just know that God, you know, he's prepared these good works for us to walk in. And when we walk in those, we never realize how he's going to use them. He just calls us to be obedient. And that's what he called my grandmother. Just, just give Josh and Sarah and Zach this Bible. You have no idea how I'm going to use this down the road. Okay, I'm going to give him a Bible. And that's what she did. And here we are talking about it today. The next story I want to share with you Please understand, some of you might be offended by this, but at the time, I wasn't a believer, so don't hold it against me. But when we were younger, you know, when we wanted to express the seriousness of, of what we were talking about, my siblings and I, we used to say, I swear to God. Like, if we were just really trying to convince them that, hey, I am telling the truth, we would, you know, and nothing else worked, we would revert to, okay, I'm, I swear to God, I'm telling the truth, no lies, not crossing my fingers, you got to believe me. And this is one of those days I was trying to convince my brother of something. I don't know what it was, but I said, I swear to God, Zach, it's true. And my grandma, walking by, heard that. And she just kind of stopped and she said, Josh, you shouldn't swear to God. You should just let your yes be yes and your no be no. And then she just walked on and left me like what just happened? I have no idea what you just said, you know, because I was really young at that time. She was getting at that principle in James chapter 5 that, you know, we live such a life of integrity that when we say yes, our yes means yes. And when we say no, our no means no. We don't have to swear to any, to anything. All right, that's what she was getting at. But if you think about it, she could have just so easily thought to herself, you know what, they're just kids. They don't know what they're talking about. And she could have just walked by and said absolutely nothing. But she was so in love with Jesus and she so wanted to pass on just the truths of Scripture that she took hold of every opportunity that was given to her. And that was one of those opportunities. So she just took a couple seconds to say, Josh, you don't have to swear to God. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. I'm telling you, I don't know why I remember this, but some 20 years later, this still sticks with me. And, and you know, I have to just believe that the reason why I believe or remember is because, you know, God, it, it's His truth. And His when His truth is preached, man, it doesn't go up, it doesn't come back void. And I just, I just man, Grandma, I want to I be like that. You know, just to take hold of every opportunity that was given to, to her and, and really invest in others. And, you know, again, I, when she said this, I don't think she would think to herself, in 20-something years, Joshua's going to use this moment as an illustration in his sermon. We don't know what God is going to do with those investments that, that, that we, you know, give to other people. We just are called to invest, and we are called to be, you know, walking in those good works that He's prepared for us. And this last story that I want to share with you, uh, it actually doesn't involve me, it was told to me afterwards. Um, But this is one of my favorite stories of my grandma, because about five years ago they got placed into an assisted living care facility, and then her health really started to kind of go downhill, so she got moved into a hospice uh, kind of setting. And she got uh, bunked with another lady who had some type of mental illness. Um, I don't know what it was, but she would kick and scream and spit and say, I hate you and I want to kill you and all of just these um, really outlandish things. And, and she was kind of notorious for, for being uh, distracting. And, you know, my grandma's in the last weeks of her life, and I'm pretty sure she could have just requested, hey, you know what? Can I get a room where, I just, where there's just some peace and quiet? Like, can I just be you know, with, with my family f- for the last couple of days of my life, I'm sure she could have made that request, but she chose to uh, stay in that room with that lady. And there was one day in particular where it was really bad, where she was saying, I'm going to kill you and just all this other stuff to my grandma. So my grandma, you know, rather than calling in a nurse, uh, she just starts singing to this lady and she starts singing, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, and she just keeps repeating this, and pretty soon that lady calms down, and no more kicking, no more screaming, she's just kind of laying there listening to my grandma sing to her, and the nurses walk by, and I love the way that my grandpa tells it, because, you know, the the nurses walk by, and they just stop, and they're like, Doris, what did you do to her? You're like, like, we couldn't even do this with drugs, like what, you know, like, what did you do to this lady? And, you know, what my grandma, she knew that this woman didn't need another tranquilizer. She she didn't need any more drugs. She just needed the soul soothing truths of that simple song that so many of us sing to our kids as we lay them down to sleep. She just needed to hear that. Man, Jesus loves me. This I know. And, And my grandma was just one of those people that was so in love with Jesus that she took hold of every opportunity that was given to her to invest in other people because she knew, man, my time is limited. I only have a certain amount of time and I want to I give everything I have to the people around me because this life isn't about me. This life isn't about me, no, no. It's about communicating the heart of God to the people and I want to make Jesus known. So I want this woman to know before I die that Jesus loves her. And I just absolutely love that about my grandma, just how intentional she was with her life. And I tell you all of this to kind of lead into our main point for the day and you know this this is a biblical principle that's found all throughout the Bible but really it's emphasized in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that's where we're going here today but uh, here's our main point for the day and if you're one of the fill in the blank people if you like doing that savor this moment because it's the only one that you have for the day okay this is our main point if I am to love God with everything I have I need to be intentionally investing my time and to others. That's what my grandma modeled to me. That's what we're going to read about in Deuteronomy. So if you have your Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where we're going to land today. Starting in verse 1, Moses says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's sons, by keeping all his statutes and his commands, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey." Now, the main concern in these verses is that the Israelites and their future generations would maintain this obedient lifestyle to God. You have to remember that at this point in history, they, they're now at the end of this wilderness wandering. So they just wander the dry, dusty desert for 40 years. And Moses is, is reminding these people that, hey, you're going into this promised land. The, man, the land is flowing with milk and honey, okay? This, this land with streams And rivers where cattle is abundant you're going into this awesome land make sure that you remain obedient to God and his truths and make sure that you pass this on to future generations you know they could have had this promised land 40 years earlier but they chose to not trust God and to disobey and as a result God let them wander through the wilderness for 40 years and Moses is reminding them let's not make that mistake again okay make sure that you live this obedient life to God and to follow his rules, and that you pass them on to these future generations. That's what Moses is kind of getting at, at these verses. And then he says in verse 4, and I, and I can kind of picture Moses, you know, he's, he's talking to the Israelites, because in you know, the book of Deuteronomy, it focuses in on the last month of Moses' life. And, you know, these are kind of his farewell speeches, his farewell sermons that he's giving to the Israelites. Joshua is going to take over. He's going to lead the people across the Jordan and into the promised land. And before Moses dies, he says, look, I'm going to remind you guys about what God has done in your life. And I'm going to I'm going to tell you again his laws. And then what I want you to do. And then, you know, he does this four times. He says, look, and then I want you to take what I'm telling you and pass it on to the younger generation carefully and diligently pass it on. And then he gives a little bit more of the law, and he reminds them again of what God has done. And then he says, pass it on diligently to your children. Four times in chapter 4, chapter 6, chapter 11, and chapter 32. Moses makes it a point to kind of stop and say, Okay, Israel, the things that I'm telling you, make sure you pass, them, pass all of these things on to future generations. At this point. And then in verse 4, he kind of says, or he says this, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is a well-known verse, okay? And, and I can just picture Moses saying, okay, Israel, bring it in. Bring it in real close. Listen to me. We serve one God. Now look, we just came from Egypt, okay? And, and, and they serve many gods. And you guys are going to go into a land that's full of nations that serve many gods. All of these, these nations surrounding them, they were polytheistic. They, they worshipped all these multiple gods, but Moses makes it a point and says, no, 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 we we serve one God. See, the problem is when we serve multiple gods, our, our love and our devotion is divided. We give 5% here, 10% there, 30% here, 2% here. Moses says, no, 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 we serve one God. All of our devotion, all of our love should be focused in on this one God. And because we serve God, or therefore since we serve this one God... You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? This is what he said. Love God with everything that you have. Look, we don't have these multiple gods, so we don't have to worry about pleasing the God of the moon and then the God of the sun and then the God of the cows and then the God of this or that. We serve one God. Love him with everything that you have. Don't let your devotion be divided between all of these little things. And we live in a culture that has many gods that are buying for our attention. Social media with Facebook and Twitter and all of these different things. All right, we, we live in just this culture where we can pretty much have whatever we want. It's all at our fingertips. And we have to learn to say no to those things and just focus our devotion and our love on this God. And that's kind of the where, where Moses is taking these people He say, look. You don't have to worry about all these other idols that these other nations choose to serve. Focus in on God, love him. And then this is where we see this principle again. If I'm to love God with everything I have, I need to be intentionally investing my time into others because he goes on to say in the next verses, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, And when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And the focus of these verses is that God would be the topic of conversation every day and any day. In every situation that we find ourselves, we're talking about God. That his love for us would be so heavy on our hearts that we just can't help but talk about him and to share him with other people. And, and that's what my grandma demonstrated to me in my life. God was just so heavy on her heart. And, and, and she just was so in love with Jesus that she couldn't help but talk about him. And, you know, we do the same thing. Some of us, it is with God. He's just, we just love him so much that we just talk about him all the time. For grandparents, you just so love your grandchildren that you just, you talk about them all the time. For me, I so love mountain biking. I can talk about it all the time. And now bringing Xander home, I just love him, and I find myself talking about him all the time. But if I'm honest with you, man, when it comes to God, I, I sometimes think I, t- I talk about mountain biking more than I talk about God. And that's hard for me to say, but, but if I'm really honest, that's the truth. And I think if, if, if we're all honest in this room and we kind of look at our, our day And we talk about a lot of things more so than God. And and could you imagine if we get to a place where we Jesus, that we talk about him everywhere and anywhere? It doesn't matter if we're sitting up or or laying down or putting the kids to bed or driving in the car. I mean, it doesn't really matter. We we just are so in love with Jesus that that we want to share him with everybody around us. That, that's what I want to model to Xander. That's what I want to model to my wife. That's what I want to model to the people who look at me. That, man, jo- Josh was just so in love with Jesus that he just couldn't help but talk about him. He couldn't help but invest in other people. He wasn't somebody who wasted time. He was somebody who was always investing his time. So that's this biblical truth that, that my grandma modeled to me, that Jesus modeled to us, and that, that I pray we would model to Prescott And to the different areas that he takes us. That we would model this in our workplaces and in our schools. And that people would see that Jesus is so worth following. Because that's what my grandma and that's what other people in my life have shown me. That Jesus really is worth following. Man, I can say no to Facebook and pick up my Bible because I know that when I do that I just get so much joy and I get so much kind of revival in a sense and I see man God you are so good so I'm gonna say no to that Facebook I'm gonna say no to that video game say no to whatever it might be and I'm just gonna just kind of curl up in your lap in a sense and really just just read from your word and Jesus when when I get those opportunities I'm gonna take hold of them and I'm gonna tell people about you because you're so worth it because you've changed my life so much that I just can't help but share you with the people around me. So that's my, that's my prayer for us as we go from here. The people would see, wow, they're, they're different. The, the, the God that they serve is so powerful. And that's really, you know, that was, that was the job of Israel, to be a light to the nations. Going back, God made that promise to Abraham that, that he would give them descendants as numerous as the stars. Why? Not to create this like elitist club that nobody could get into, but so that Israel would be a light to the nation, so that people would see Israel and say, man, look at their God. Their God splits the seas to provide a way of salvation for them. Their God guides them in the in the desert in miraculous ways. Their God provides for them. I need to know that God. God is missional. He is for people. He wants us to communicate his heart to people so that people see him and say, oh my goodness, I need to know That God, and that's what my grandma was demonstrating to me in my life. That's what so many of you in this room have demonstrated that God is so worth following. So, I want to end really quick with just some application, you know, because this really means nothing unless we apply these truths into our lives. So, what are some things that we can do to make sure that we are intentionally investing in others? You know, obviously, some of the things, if you're a parent, investing in your children. But you don't have to be a parent, you don't have to be a grandparent to apply this biblical truth of intentionally investing in others. One of the big needs here is uh, more children's ministry volunteers. I mean, if you want to invest in, in the next generation, an awesome way to do that is serving in the children's ministry. We have an awesome group of people who are serving right now, but we could always use more. So I, I know what the excuses are. I know some people are thinking, well, I'm not a teacher. Kids really aren't my thing. I don't know. They like cry and scream and do all that kind of stuff. I just, I don't know if that's me. I'm telling you, you can do it. And and look, I've preached up here. I've taught in youth group. I've taught downstairs with the little kids. I'm telling you, the biggest blessings have come from from serving the kids. Hearing their little innocent prayers I mean, it is like the sweetest thing. I wish you guys could go down there. One of them sitting right here, Caleb, and it's hear, hear that kid pray. I'm telling you, I'm calling you out, buddy. I see you. So I'm telling you, though, just serving those kids is, is, is such an awesome blessing. And there's applications at the belong table if you're feeling, you know what, I, I can do that. Like, I can invest an hour of my week into a kid. If, if that's you, just fill out one of those applications. We could use more of you. All you need is a heart that wants to invest and a heart that wants to love on these kids. If you can read a Bible, I'm telling you, you can teach. And I'm willing to come alongside of you and coach you and help you any way you might need. There's other teachers willing to do that as well. That's one way that we can apply this truth. Another way that we can apply this truth is um, you know, just doing simple things like family devotions, whether that's at breakfast or at dinner, whenever it's convenient for you guys to come together and just sit and, 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 you know, even if it's just a, a daily bread devotion, they take about 10 minutes to read. My wife and I do these before we go to bed. This past week we haven't done it because it's been a little bit different with Xander here, but, you know, we're going to pick it back up. But just just doing these little family devotions, you know, talking with your kids. Here's a little tip. Don't ask your kid when they come home from school, how was your day? Because they're just going to be like, it was okay. All right. Just really get down and say, you know what? What what were you struggling with today? How can I encourage you? What was it that that really just just kind of made your day or or, or ruined your day? I mean, really get down and ask these questions that 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 make them talk. The, the reality is, people want to be invested in. Kids want to be invested in. We just have to be intentional with the time that we have. So you know, asking those questions, doing those family devotions. Um, here- that this comes from a, a place of love and of grace. Um, but showing up on church consistently and on time, that's, that's a good way to invest in other people. And, and here's why. Um, and just again, know that this is a, coming from a place of grace. But when, when we consistently show up to church late, uh, you know, 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes, um, that non-verbally communicates something to the kids and to the people looking on. I've actually asked this question before. I said to, to the youth group and to some of the younger kids, how often are you late to church? And most of them are like, you know, were like, we're, you know, maybe two or three times a month we're, we'll come in late to church. And please understand, if you come in late, we're still going to welcome you, still going to love on you. But, you know, they, they admitted that, you know, our family, we get to church pretty late. And I said, okay, how late are you to like work or school? It's like hardly ever. I mean, we don't want to be late to work and school. And what that non-verbally communicates is that the priority of church is down here. And the priority of work and school is up here. And it's okay to miss church, you know, and to be late and to sleep in when we're tired. But when it comes to school, when it comes to sports, when it comes to violin practice, when it comes to work, man, we are on time and we never miss them. And that non-verbally communicates to the kids that church isn't that important. So if you really want to invest your time and make it a point to wake up a little bit early, to get the kids ready, to do whatever you got to do, to be at church on time. And I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm not trying to, you know, be a jerk about this. But I just, you know, it nonverbally communicates the wrong message. And I know we're not trying to do that, but that's what it does. And then when the kids grow up, they realize, you know, my mom and dad, they didn't, they didn't really go to church all that often. Or, you know, we were always late. So I have a, study, I have a final to study for it. So I'm just not going to go this week. And then when they get into college, that's why two thirds of kids that enter into college walk away from the church. And it's because it's like we we have to be investing in them. We have to be showing them that, man, gathering with brothers and sisters is so important. Getting that encouragement, getting fed God's word, that's so important. So these are just a few really simple applications that we can do to make sure that we're investing our time into this next generation. And please understand, you don't have to be a parent, you don't have to be a grandparent to put into practice this principle. Just as believers, we need to be intentional with those 86,400 seconds that we are given because we don't know when our last day is going to be. And, and I know that I don't want to, on my last day, wish that I had invested more time. I want to live without regret, and I want to make Jesus known because he is so worth it, and he's so worth following. So with that, would you guys join me in prayer? Father, we are so grateful for your goodness and your love and your grace and your mercy that you showed us at the cross. Uh, Words can't even describe um, just just how awesome you are. And and to think of the fact that uh, even though we didn't deserve it, Jesus, you died for us and that you love us and that you provide a way of salvation for us. I'm just still blown away by that. It's just... Lord, we love you because you first loved us and we look back to the cross and we look at that act of love and and God, I pray that everybody in this room would would just fall on their knees in a sense and, and just worship you and praise you because of that truth. Because you love us so dearly. And God, because of that love, we want to be obedient to you and we want to pass on those things Uh, your truths and those those changes that you've made in our lives. We want to pass those on to the next generation. Lord, we, we want to be a people who's known for just talking about Jesus because we are so in love with you. And God, I just pray specifically for each person here and for myself that we would just be filled with your spirit as we go from here. Lord, that we would take hold of all of those opportunities that you present to us, whether, you know, we're going to lunch uh, or going to Walmart to run some errands, wherever we might be going, God, that you would put us in a place uh, that allows us to express to the people around us just our great love for you. God, we don't want to waste our time. We know it's limited. We our time here on earth matter we want to outlive our life we want to just give you everything jesus because you are so worth it you're so worth following so god would you protect us from the enemy as we go from here would you give us that holy spirit power to just be bold and to proclaim your name in our workplaces and in our schools and in wherever you might take us god we just love you so much jesus and we pray this all in your name Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.